0: those elements, um, that's about it. So whenever you're ready, I'm going to hit record. Okay. So take one.
1: Uh, hello, this is Michael Allen Tate, uh, the white shirt book. You're listening to, uh, Jeff Smith on Vroom Vroom Veer. Uh, and if you feel like your life is on a treadmill and you're rather be running a race, you ought to listen to this.
0: I like it. I like, I agree. It's like, Gene, get me <laughs> off this crazy thing. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to hit stop. Yeah, I read your stuff. Anyway. <laughs> I read your stuff and I wrote that line. I thought, might as well try it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to hit stop. I'll be, I'll be right back. Sure. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith Holly thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going?
2: It's great. I'm glad to be here.
0: So uh, you are at lovepeoplemakemoney.com. So talk a little bit about what you're most excited about in your business today.
2: Mm. Well, I'm all about content marketing and community building. Okay. My people, my people want to publish content they're proud of for people they love. And I just, today's been the best day ever. I, I interviewed someone from my podcast. I did a live stream for an upcoming event and now I'm here with you. Wow. This is just my perfect day.
0: That's awesome. It sounds like you're having fun. I am. (laughs) And, And you're probably working in your PJs.
2: Um, well, I'll never tell. (laughs) I'm
0: I'm in my, uh, uh, kind of like an athletic shirt and sweatpants. So woohoo, George Costanza. Okay. (laughs) So, um, this is room from veer. We can't talk all about business. We have to go back in time and talk about Kelly McCaussey, um, your life in an hour, basically. So, um, what were you, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Michigan?
2: Mid-Michigan,
0: yep. Mid-Michigan, all right. So are are you still in East Lansing? Is that where you're at? Yes. Nice. So is that where you went to high school too?
2: Uh, well, I went to Mason, um, little uh, bedroom community outside of Lansing, East Lansing.
0: Okay, nice. So were you sort of like, uh, what kind of kid were you in high school? <laughs> I was... <laughs> I love that question because people always laugh immediately and then, and then answer. So that's good.
2: I was in high school. I was violent. Violent. (laughs) That's the best way to describe it. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. At the the end of junior high, I got beat up by a a friend, you know, girls in junior high. We're just, we're just so awful to each other. All right. And my dad had to pick me up from school. I had been thrown into a mud puddle wearing pink-blue jeans, and I was just so devastated. And he says, did you hit her back? And I just did this slow turn like, that's an option? (laughs) And he might regret it because I did the next year, I was the instigator of quite a few fights.
0: Uh-oh, you, went a, th- rough you, you, you went a little dark, huh? I did,
2: I yeah, did. Yeah,
0: I, I think we all go through that as kids. Like, when I remember I had something very similar happen to me between, I want to say, all of sixth grade, which was my first year of middle school. Um, I got bullied by a couple of friends that were, I think, maybe one year older than me. So mm-hmm. they were they were the passive aggressive type of bully where they were would, would punch you in the shoulder and try to pretend to be your friend. Oh, yeah. They weren't really your friend. Guys do that. Right. 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 Especially to, to little kids. It's the pecking order thing mm-hmm. because we're still animals, as they say. Um, so, you know, I took those punches all year uh, of sixth grade. And I was bound and determined not to in seventh, right? So uh, in that summer between sixth and seventh, I worked on punching my friends. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, they were all cool with it. Well, I don't know if they were all cool with it, but at least one or two of them were cool with it. Um, So I got really good at punching back. I didn't hesitate at all. And as soon as I saw those two bullies... I was on attack mode. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, I think, has to go through a little bit of stand your ground violence when you're a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: It was, I was just telling this story to a friend recently and they were just so flabbergasted because they've only known me as this grown up version of Kelly. Right love people and make money i <laughs> right, right. i do i love people you too so she's just trying to to align that with the girl who backhanded another girl and <laughs> knocked teeth out you know <laughs> wow <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't fit and yet it's where i come from you know uh, uh, that
0: is true you know i uh, uh, i think i went also through somewhere Somewhere in my in my, you know, development time where I was probably, you know, dipped into bully land. I think we all do. You know, it's almost like you have to touch it to know that it's not good. (laughs) Right. It's like, oh, that works. But ooh, I feel kind of icky after that. You know? Yeah. 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 I learned that, too.
2: It was a really, it was a really ugly moment when I realized the gal that I hit, the reason I hit her is that someone lied to me about her, oh, which was wow. the exact situation that put me in a mud puddle the year before. Someone had lied to my friend. Right. And, and so it was, it was a brief, but spectacular violent season in my life that <laughs> Once I recognized regret. it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Once I saw it for what it was, it was like, oh yeah, this is not me.
0: Right. Right. Yes. And you know, and when you're young, it's like you don't really have much perspective and you just sort of like all information is true <laughs> until yes. proven, until proven wrong, you know? It's yes. like, yeah. 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 It's good to grow up. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, what was next for you in your journey? Did you go to college or did you go to work right away?
2: I dropped out of high school. Okay. I I worked an uh, interesting array of jobs. Like I've done everything from a single day at a pickle factory.
0: Okay. Single day to, at a pickle factory. Yeah. That, that sounds like a good title of a book.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at
0: least a blog post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My single Just, day at the pickle factory.
2: Yeah. Yeah and being and the funny thing is i spent the whole day day jealous of the older ladies who'd worked there all their lives
1: wow because,
2: because they had the good jobs yeah. um but i didn't have what it took to get there
1: okay right
2: so i didn't go back another day
0: it i only took one day to figure out that that was <laughs> not the job for you
2: yeah yeah i did um i did some uh, telemarketing for a while when i was young i worked at an insurance company for about four years. Uh, that, um, that could have been my lifelong job. It really, really? could have been. I wow. liked it. I was getting promoted.
0: but Getting paid.
2: Yep. Yeah, but I got, a, I got married and had a child and decided to stay home and do daycare. Did daycare for seven years. Okay. I uh, got a divorce. Moved to northern Michigan. Lived up uh, up in Gaylord, Michigan, just an hour south of the Mackinac Bridge. The bridge.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I'm a Uper. So I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I saw that with your Skype handle. Yep.
0: Right. I'm actually from so far, uh, let's see here, west and south in the UP. It's almost like I grew up in Wisconsin, but still yeah. officially a Uper. So mm-hmm. I was on the Michigan Wisconsin border in Menominee, Marinette area.
2: Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I interrupted.
2: No. Talk uh,
0: about Gaylord.
2: <laughs> Gaylord. Gaylord was the perfect place for me to be. So, as a, as a, um, right after I was married, I, I got divorced soon after. My son was only two when we, when we split up.
1: Right. Wow. And
2: I was living alone in Lansing and I was, ass- I was assaulted there was a, a man who broke into several neighbors' homes, including mine. And I was I was extremely fortunate in that the worst possible things did not happen.
1: Okay. Right.
2: But but I had some wicked PTSD following the assault. Wow. And so moving to Gaylord uh, when my son was five was just the perfect thing for me. I needed a change of environment.
1: Okay, right.
2: To to mentally and emotionally get back to myself. Right. And I the rural housing development loans and are such a gift to to single mothers, young right. young people with who dropped out of high school and have no credit.
1: Okay, right?
2: You know, house. So that's how I ended up in Gallard was that was the perfect place where I could get a house. also
0: basically, like you said, kind of like doing that as part of a recovery from yeah, like a PTSD recovery move.
2: Yes. I, yeah, I lived in, when it got dark, the PTSD would start. I would, I don't know if anybody listening can relate. I'm sure they can, The, the, the fear that hits you where you just get hyper aware and you're hearing every sound and you can't sleep. And, and so night after night, after night, month after month, year after year, I was a basket case. Sure. And, and it, and in the daylight, none of it made sense. Right. In the daylight daylight, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not afraid of anybody, but at night, like I was afraid of, of crickets and and so Gaylord moving to Gaylord I got a I lived in a little rental out on a seagull lake in the in the country and there was just it was so blissfully peacefully quiet every night right I got my sanity back okay and uh, bought a house and opened a daycare ran that for seven years and then um My son got tired of sharing his home and his mother with all the other kids. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I I closed up my daycare and went to work running the office at my church. Wow. For another seven years. Um, And that's when that brings us into when I started. I, I dipped my toe into the I was already an entrepreneur as a daycare home. Sure. But in the world of digital entrepreneurship
0: right right now let me ask you this when you when you were doing the the daycare business that was basically when about the time that the internet started to become a thing right yeah you probably yeah. started that business there was no world wide web and right. then it it became a thing while that business existed. so did you start dipping your toe into, uh online stuff while you were still doing the daycare stuff?
2: Only personally. Okay. You know, being right. being part of um
0: You were on MySpace and things like that. Uh
2: <laughs> yeah, MySpace never captured my imagination. Right. okay. But Yahoo groups and sure. Geo, Geo- cities? Yeah. Building a site on Geo Cities, being yeah. in chat rooms.
0: Right. I totally uh, missed a lot a lot of those AOL style chat rooms. Yeah, I missed all of that because I was overseas and I didn't have high speed when the Internet first was a thing. And I was a nerd before nerds being was I was actually on the Internet before the Internet existed because I was a computer nerd, like from way back, like when I was in middle school. Actually, when I was in uh, elementary school, I I saw a computer. I was like, ah, that's so cool. (laughs) You know, and uh and then I, I had my first computer while I was somewhere in middle school, and I was a, a geek with modems and CompuServe and um, kind of like precursors of AOL, America mm-hmm. Online. So you weren't, mm-hmm. e- the internet, you were not connecting to. You were just connecting to other computers with a modem that was really slow. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> They called them yeah. uh, bulletin board services back then. Anyway, sorry, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was there with you, but I did miss out on chat rooms. So, okay. Yeah. So, all right. So you didn't really get into the web-based business, but you did have some personal exposure to web stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. It was it was in the, that first couple of years when I worked at the church. When I made that decision, it was in service of my family but it was not in great service of my checkbook because okay. the, church, the church couldn't pay me very well. Right. And so people often came to me for help creating like an invitation for a wedding or a graduation party. And someone suggested I should start a business doing desktop publishing for other people to make extra money. Okay. So I made a website to promote myself as a desktop publisher and never got even one desktop publishing client.
1: <laughs> All right, okay.
2: But I had a whole bunch of people say, Can you make me a website like that?
1: Sure, okay. So,
2: got to so pivot, got to pivot. Yep. That's what, <laughs> that's what cre- created this weird sidestep. And at the same time, I didn't know what I was doing. So, I had bought my first domain and hosting from a reseller
0: okay and so not directly from a hosting company all right
2: right i had no idea
0: well this was back what you know, in like 2002ish
2: yeah
0: okay yeah. so i don't even so, the hosting game was completely still pretty new yeah right? yeah it was okay.
2: like it was like speedygoodwebhosting.com or something like that <laughs> yeah
0: cuz nobody and, nobody knew it was anybody was doing right right, right. and
2: okay. so a few months in my website disappeared one day Whoa. and so i was on a in a work at home mom, I think it was a Yahoo group where I said, help, my site has disappeared. And another work at home mom who was building a web hosting company of her own said, let me help you. So she rescued my domain and got me going again. And that, that just pulled me into this friendship, which led to a lot of other friendships with other work at home moms. Okay. Those were my first few clients. I did graphic design and built websites and
1: Wow. Banners,
2: banners and buttons for people. And-
0: <laughs> yeah. And it was so much different than it is today. Yeah. Like there were no content management systems and WordPress yeah. and Drupals. They didn't exist yet.
2: Yeah. There was no Canva or PicMonkey. So- no,
0: no, no, no. Everything was PicMonkey. very much like you had like a HTML editor. Yes. Or, you know, maybe you just typed in code (laughs) yeah Yeah. actually you probably learned a lot of html yes i did scary (laughs) uh okay so all right so how long do you keep that business going and did it did it pay the bills kind of thing
2: well it's it's crazy um I needed to make a couple hundred dollars a month just to keep from getting my phone turned off again.
1: (laughs) Okay. Right.
2: And so I hit that fairly quickly. I was working so cheap. I was like, like a mom could pay me five bucks to make her a button. Um, and so, you know, I would have this big list of projects that I was working on every weekend to make the money. But at the same time, um, I fell in love with internet radio, I was mm, there was right. there was an, a program on World Talk Radio back then, Street Smart Marketing with Mar- Marie. I'm sorry, Mary Goulet. Wow! And every once in a while, she would interview a work at home mom right. named Lynn Lynn Terry. Okay. And so I was devouring her archives to find those work at home mom interviews. And, and my eyes were just being open to all the different ways that, that moms were making extra money from home. Gotcha. And, and so just about the time that I finished her archives, her show went off the air. So now we're in 2003 and I am just bereft. Because, <laughs> you, you've because lost have, your, your beacon. Yeah. I have no one to listen to. I'm so sad. And my friend Alice Siba, she says, well, why don't you start an internet radio show? You like to talk.
1: Right. Okay.
2: And, and so long story short, I did. Um, I, in November of 2003, I launched Work at Home Mom's Talk Radio.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: As, as a two-hour weekly talk show, um, you had to go to my website and click play. Right. I was using Live 365 for my streaming hosting. So it and, was
0: was it a live show or a recorded show? No,
2: rec- pre-recorded. I pre-recorded. I did everything okay. and edited it together, uploaded it.
0: So it was like a podcast before a podcast.
2: Yes. It but was
0: No syndication.
2: No syndication. I could have I was taught. I was in talks with with some t- internet radio stations, but right. they all wanted a lot of money. Right. To put your show on. Yeah. So that was not really I I I started to make money from the podcast. Um, I had lots of sponsors early on there. Oh,
0: nice. Okay. Um,
2: but that it was the following summer that one day my techie friend said, "Did you see this podcasting thing?" And like twenty four hours later, I had an RSS feed and I was submitting then to. You were,
0: then you were syndicated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a very short little step to go yeah. from I'm already recording the show to what there's a thing where it yeah. can go places. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: It went from, it went from earning my listeners one at a time to boom. Like it's like, yeah.
0: And at that time too, uh, and you can verify this, but like iTunes and podcasting was brand new, brand new. So, but there were already a lot of people on iTunes. So like, uh, and there were a tiny amount of podcasts. Yes. So you got a lot of attention, especially yes. if you were established already. So, okay. I
2: I went in the first nine months of the show, I had grown my own little audience of like 250 downloads a week. That's pretty good. But I was really proud of it. I, <laughs> I, I submitted it to iTunes and it quadrupled within 30 days. Wow. So I was just like singing and dancing and- yeah. Um, people were finding and coming back to the website and getting on my mail list. And it was just such a, such an amazing wild ride. Um, the back then, like we didn't know the iPod was, or the iTunes was going to be the shizzle. Cause we were also submitting to like, <laughs> there's like something like a iPod, yeah. iPodder and there's all these different RSS things to get right. submitted to
0: Like pod bean and. Yeah. yeah. there was yeah. a million of those aggregators or whatever. Yep. There's still yep. a million of them, but they're they're all different, they're all different yep. ones now. But yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: We even created my techie friend Lynette Chandler, we even created our own RSS feed. Uh, our our own RSS reader app. Okay. Uh, for people to download that came preloaded with our favorite.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a show app, app. app, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back
2: back in those days. Yeah. Um, so it changed my life. That wow. that's And that was
0: be- kind of like the beginning of how you started getting into building the community kind of idea. Yes.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, I had I had no idea. I had no intentions of quitting my job. I I was just having fun and making extra money, but that summer after the podcast, we launched a paid membership site. Okay. Wow. Okay.
0: That was,
2: that was Mom Masterminds.
0: Right. Nice.
2: Um we I before I knew it, seemingly before I knew it, by the end of two thousand five I was debt free. I wow. I, I went crying into my pastor's office and quit my job. Wow. Um and I continued to do work at home mom's talk radio until two thousand eleven. Okay. When I turned around and my son was grown and out of the house, I realized that the brand was no longer really authentic for me.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. It, it had run its course, as they say. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, also, I would say that's probably there was a dip in the whole podcast world, too. And, the, and it wasn't going to, like, really in the <sighs> gear again until 2014-ish.
2: Yeah, so that's the story, but it's bull crap. <laughs> um, I never stopped podcasting, I just rebranded.
1: Right. Okay. I've never
2: experienced a dip in list- listenership. Oh, I've nice. only ever grown every single year since it began. So, so you were went- able
0: to carry audience over yeah. from the from old show to new show?
2: Yeah. The people who say that, okay. whom I respect, like, you know, um, I still just think you're talking about you're talking about metrics that are not that have nothing to do with me. Like <laughs> maybe maybe the number of new podcasts dipped. Maybe the number of failed podcasts spiked. I don't know. But for those of us who made podcasting a consistent part Revenue of our stream. content marketing, <laughs> right, right, yeah. we never saw a dip. a dip. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. So you were probably doing something right.
2: Well, we were just committed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've learned that, that like um, when podcasting gets trendy, then everybody does podcasts, but they also fade really quick. Yeah. Like I would say like nine out of every 10 podcasts mm-hmm. that they, they say, hey, okay, well, we got to do a podcast now. And then they get like 10 shows in and go, holy shit, that's a lot of work.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Okay. So you were in it for the long haul. You were and you had already built a community. How was it that you were able to take listeners from show A to show B? Cause that seems like, I mean, especially if you're rebranding the show to be basically going after a new audience, were you still trying to target more or less the same people?
2: I was, that was such a great, it's a great question, and it was a it was an identity crisis for me. If I'm not a work-at-home mom, what am I? Right. And uh, for a while, I thought, well, what makes me, what drove my content was building a business that serves your life. Okay. You know, so that you're not constantly having to say, in a minute, kids, in a minute, kids.
1: Right. Okay. That makes
0: sense. But
2: but even though my son was grown and out of the house and I now had all this freedom and flexibility, I still wanted my business to serve my life. I still essentially wanted a business that that was simple and focused on um, something on projects that create profit, not ongoing work.
1: Right. OK. And that makes so sense.
2: so I thought for a couple of years, I thought my market w- were solopreneurs and I was really focused on that, but there came a point a couple years ago where um, I could no longer authentically call myself a solopreneur because my business depends on a team of people. Okay. So I just kind of let go of that. My most of my community came with me because they could see that what I was talking about and teaching wasn't changing. It's just that I wasn't talking about, you know.
0: Taking care of your kid anymore.
2: Yeah, right. yeah. The, the big moment that, that opened my eyes to why I needed to rebrand was that I had written quite a lot about my hopes to maybe get an RV and drive around the, the country a little bit. Okay. And my community lost their minds. All these moms are like, are you kidding me? That's not safe. Are right. you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I can't, I can't even think about something like that. Okay. You know, they were, they were for the first time not going, yeah, I want that too. Okay. And so that was my like, oh, wow, I'm not talking their language anymore. Interesting. So, so some, some people did fade away because they needed someone to be talking about their lives. Right. But, but many, I would say 80% of my audience followed with me into the new brand.
0: Yeah, it kind of makes sense because if you think about it, everybody's you know, probably maybe not on the same exact year as you in the journey, but really yep. close, right? Yep. So yep. I would say a certain percentage have ha- had their kids go away about the same time. So yep. you kind of like we're going through the journey together. Yeah. Which is kind of like why I'm happy. I kind of got lucky with my brand because I didn't make it super specific. I just said, we're targeting Gen Xers and Gen Xers are going to be Gen Xers until they die. Yeah. <laughs> Yay for me. I got lucky on that one. <laughs> so hopefully I don't have to rebrand. Right. I, I, I'm still. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll, I'm still talking to Gen Xers. They're just older. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We got older together. Okay. So now on the rebrand, you're doing something different. You're not necessarily, what, what, what sort of things did you start doing that were completely different?
2: The first thing I did was I declared an 18 month moratorium on the words mom and wham. (laughs) Um,
0: Mom and what? Say that again.
2: Wham work at home mom. Oh, um, okay. Gotcha. A little short firm. Okay. Because I, because I had been at the top of that niche for so long that I was the first work at home mom podcast, um, really well known, often sought after for interviews. And, and so for, for 18 months, my VA and I were responding and saying, no, thank you. To anything that had anything to do with moms or whams. Okay. In order to create a clear break. Right. Um, That was brand
1: A,
0: this is brand B. Yes. Right. Yeah. Gotcha.
2: Um, And then I started to, in 2013, I started to host live events. Okay. That was the big thing I could not have done, you know, when I was a single mom raising a child. Sure. You know, I homeschooled my son for many, many years. Wow. Yeah. I, I couldn't even go to events, you <laughs> right. know, let alone host one.
0: <laughs> right, right. I gotcha.
2: So ho- hosting live events, holding hosting a conference every year, hosting retreats every year, that became a big part of my my business.
0: That's a big revenue stream, too.
2: <laughs> it can be.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> Done right. Yeah. Yeah. You can, I, you can make a significant chunk of money. Uh, all at once, which is yeah. pretty cool, right? It's a lot of work, though.
2: Yeah, if my my one of my event an event brand that I run with Nicole Dean is Beachpreneurs. Okay, and it's just for women entrepreneurs. And so if she ever listens to this, she's gonna laugh and say, "Well, the retreats make money <laughs> 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 because they do." But the hotel event, the retreat has often um, sponsored the hotel event. Beach hotel events are just dang pricey. Let's just, let's okay. just say that. Um, but yes. <laughs> <After> six, <laughs> this is my sixth year of hosting events. And yes, they are profitable.
0: Congratulations.
2: But the first few years, not so much.
0: Well, you know, there's a lot of learning to get that goes into those things.
2: Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I When I had my first event... Um, I did it in Toronto because that's only four and a half hours from me. And I had a large base of people there. Okay. Um, I decided if I could get 12 people in a room, I would count my event. Not embarrassing. <laughs> okay. Um, so I figured out what it would cost if I, if no one showed up, if I had to pay for the entire hotel contract myself, what's my nut commitment. And I set that date a year out and then I proceeded to save every penny until I had that amount of money in the bank. Okay. Fortunately, I got 25 people at that first event. Nice. And, and so I didn't have to have that savings pay for it, but I had witnessed a couple of people host their first events and have it flop and have it devastate them. Right. And I just didn't want to have that stress. I'm like, I'm going to have all the money in the bank before the event gets here Perfect. So that I can go into it joyfully.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Right. So you definitely, so you didn't have to kind of learn the hard way, but it sounds like you did learn a little bit of hard lessons there by oh my not word. making money. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Talk, talk
0: a little bit about the times you didn't make money and was it like devastating <laughs> or just painful? Mm. Um, <laughs> it like an,
2: painful. <laughs> Nothing was devastating. Okay. Um, because I'm still doing events.
0: Right, you're still you're still in the game, babe. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. You so took the, your blows. One of the most painful experiences. Um, the first two events were in Toronto. I had an amazing event planner that had a great relationship with that hotel, and she got me like champagne, everything on a beer budget.
0: Wow, nice.
2: <laughs> so, so when I held my first event in America, it was a big old wake up call. Mm. Um, oh, I also benefited from a lovely exchange rate in okay. Canada.
1: Yes, uh, good. Just in case
2: anybody ever wants to do that. Yes. Uh, but my <laughs> the, the event planner I worked with in the U.S. Um, let me down a couple times. And the first Exposure and Profit 3 in Atlanta, I was with a big hotel by the airport. And the contract... When you, when you have a hotel event, you're contracting for the event space and a number of hotel rooms you promise you will fill. Okay. Well. And in every other hotel contract I've ever been involved in, that, that rate is cumulative. So if you promised 15 room nights each night, you've promised 45 room nights. Okay. And they're crediting you for people who book a day early and a day late.
1: Okay. It all
2: it all adds up. So Right. I had no fears going into that event. I had more than fulfilled my nut with right. the hotel. And as I'm driving back to Michigan after the event, I get a notification that my card has been hit for all for
1: $3,000. Okay. And
2: and Ouch. that And then another notice coming through, you know, that, Hey, we, we, we tried to hit your card for another 1500 and it was rejected. And I'm like, why are you trying to hit my card? They're like, well, you didn't hit your room nights. I'm like, Oh, you've made a mistake. This is crazy. Of course I did. I had like, you know, all these room nights, check it out. And they're like, no, um, you were short seven nights on Friday. You were short seven nights on Saturday. You were, and anyways, they didn't. Their contract had one little word that said nightly, nightly, (laughs) nightly commitment. So it didn't. It didn't matter that my people had come in two days early and stayed a night late, and that overall, I more than exceeded my promise. Wow, nightly. I had shortages, and I was responsible for it. Ouch! that, that was oh,
1: that's so brutal.
2: so painful, and and we fought it. We tried to get someone to be reasonable, and they were a holes.
1: Ah, yeah, and right, you know, right, my right.
2: event planner who you who you assume knows to look for those things, of course, you know, denies
0: think, all all knowledge, yeah. right?
2: Well, she she learned something, too. And anyways, right. boy, I tell you what, That's I know painful. how to read a hotel now, now you
0: know you're looking for that word nightly.
2: Oh, yeah. I know how. Wow. I I no longer use an event planner um, because I know how to read the contract and I know how to make my own demands. Right. I didn't. I just didn't know what you could and couldn't do. And since I do now, you know, I just go into it confidently yeah, and get what I want. Out. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ouch.
0: <laughs> and that's so, you know, it's like, especially when you go with like a giant corporation, it's yeah. almost like they know they can screw people like you once. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and there's an <laughs> unlimited number of, of yous out there. So they'll just keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so Ugh. anyway, yeah. th- that kind of crap bothers me quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> buyer beware right as they say yep. ouch okay so all right what else i hope you're th- I, that can't be your total revenue stream because that would that's only no. a couple times a year probably so right. you're doing things like um, let's talk a little bit about some of these things that i'm seeing on your one sheet because i like some of these um, talk a little about a little bit about the curious enthusiast yeah. Because uh, let me tell you, that's kind of like one of those superpowers of mine that gets mm-hmm. me in a lot of trouble, usually, being a curious enthusiast.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. I, I want to hear wh- why you like those people.
2: Well, a lot of people think that they have to uh, do their time in the trenches, work hard build up a bunch of credibility before they can contribute do something right yeah and i just like to point out that i started my podcast when i didn't know nothing right i was i was a curious enthusiast i just interviewed people and asked them questions right okay. i i was not holding forth as an expert i wasn't claiming anything about myself i was just enthusiastic and curious and in the process of doing so Nine months later, I had uh, paid membership because the crazy thing is that people started to see me as an expert. I spent months saying, no, I'm not an expert until someone said, would you quit disagreeing with us? (laughs) You know? (laughs) So.
0: Right. No, I I totally get that. That that whole like, no, I'm not an expert kind of feeling. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So just get started. Embrace. Embrace your curiosity and enthusiasm, and and start what you want to start.
0: It is, um, I think the the scary part about uh, and why people try to like shy away from that curious enthusiast, kind of like the is we've all kind of have PTSD from childhood of <laughs> yeah. when we were curious, enthusiastic and got beat down. <laughs> yeah, I remember that happening to me over and over and over again. Um, yeah. so we all kind of like have that, that childlike sort of like curiosity and enthusiasm, um, especially when we join new groups, but mm-hmm. through experience in the old world, I, I should say, um, we kind of get like conditioned out of that because yes, if it, it, a, a beat down sometimes ensues after. yes, Yeah. Okay.
2: So, yeah. So and obviously you lem- get that. Yeah. Let me tell you, there are people who will come along and say, who the hell do you think you are? Right. Who do you think you are running a podcast? You don't know nothing about that. Who do you think you are creating a product? What, what reason do I have to trust? And, you? and a lot
0: of times you'll be, it'll be you in your own head.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's true, and but so you, that, that goes to that imposter syndrome kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But but if you'll just be about it, you know, if you just throw yourself into it, you're going to you're going to get all that credibility that you crave if you're consistent and committed. Right. Yeah.
0: You know, and, and you're willing to be vulnerable and, and listen to those naysayers and not take it personally. I think that is a huge thing. Um, and then, you know, especially nowadays, it's like with like social media being as it is, you have to basically have not, I thick skin would be too thin.
1: (laughs) You -hmm. have to have
0: some sort of, Um, geek armor, right. Um, right. To just say, all right. Um, those people are always going to say bad things to everybody and they don't matter (laughs) basically. Yeah. Yeah. And just do your thing.
2: Yeah. You gotta, you have to surround yourself with a few people who, um, we all, we all need a cohort to, to grow with in our business. And when I look back at the people that were new when I was new, um, you know, people in my cohort—we are one another's greatest cheerleaders. We knew each other when we didn't know nothing.
1: <laughs> right.
2: And and we got to take our lumps together and build our experience together. And uh, we we were the, there for each other when when the people come along and say, "Who the hell do you think you are?"
1: Right. Yeah, you
2: can there. turn to a friend and say, "Will you remind me?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's it's good to ask yourself that question. I think,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, whenever I ask that question of myself, you know, I I'm I, I I'm trying to take the piss out of my own ego, basically. <laughs> so I, I don't, you know, I don't even really listen to other people saying that because you know I don't care. <laughs> Unless you know, I know you respect you, love you. If yeah. You, 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 uh, what you what you are saying is like I don't need I, boop. Just let that go. Yep. You know, yep. really. But when I'm saying it to myself, I usually say, you know, who the hell am I? You know, I don't. I'm just a schlub like everybody else. I know what I know. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah, yes. It's it's. I think it's important to take the piss out of oneself. <laughs> Yeah. On occasion. And not, you know, and you know, you can still be confident and move forward, but you know, don't get too, you know, don't get that head so big you can't get through the door kind of idea.
2: Yeah. If you get up in the morning, sit down to to write an email, record a podcast, write a blog post, whatever. If you sit down and say I am going to be an expert thought leader today. (laughs) Right. Good luck. Good luck.
0: Exactly. Um, That's going to be really boring, really.
2: But when you get up and say, even after all these years, I am still just a curious enthusiast. Right. When I just get up and say, I am going to be enthusiastic about my topic today. I am going to be curious about how it's going to work. Then, then ego just gets to take a break. Right. You know?
0: So true. Well done. (laughs) So talk a little bit about this. Uh, We're wrapping up pretty soon. We got about 10 minutes or so left, Um, but I want to get to a couple more things. This change in the change in your pocket theory, and then maybe talk about the bright, shiny object thing and then wrap it up. Okay. Cool. So change in your pocket. What's the change in your pocket theory?
2: Change in your pocket. uh, This applies so beautifully to email marketing if you have an email list right and um, there's a whole entrepreneurial twister in our brains over how often we can mail our list and how often <laughs> right. how often can you make an offer to your list how okay. often can you send a promotion so this is actually born from a talk i heard at church many years ago um, change in your pocket is about relationship currency okay so you start a new relationship with a person. We're going to think of them as email subscribers, members of your email community, but you could think about your wife, your sister, whatever
1: mm-hmm. you
2: wake up and you start a new relationship with somebody. You have a dollar's worth of change in your pocket. Imagine quarters, nickels and dimes in your pocket.
1: Okay. I'm with it's you. a,
2: it is a small pocket. So the most you could ever fit in there is two bucks. Okay. So, so, Every time you do something selflessly, um, you think it's selfless. You say, "Here's a new podcast I published today. Please enjoy."
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: do, we could argue about whether you're earning a dime or spending a dime because you're asking them to listen.
1: Right. right. It's an
2: ask, but it's a very selfless act of giving. You've right. earned. You've earned a dime. Okay. Um, here's an amazing article I just read. You earned a dime, um, you're, so you're earning some relationship currency. If you give, give, give too much, you're going to hit that two dollar limit, and you're you you cannot fit any more change in your pocket. If you continue to give, it's wasted.
1: Mm, okay,
2: it's it's so in you've order you've given to, more
0: than your ten, uh, twenty dimes or whatever. Yes. Okay.
2: You human beings have a natural awareness and desire to have healthy give and take in all their relationships. Okay. So if you give and give and give and give and give and never let them give you anything in return, they're going to tune out. Wow. Cause, Cause they are not in relationship with you anymore. Okay. So, so you want to give and give and ask and ask, give and give, ask and ask. You want to keep, you want to, you don't want to grow broke. If right. you, Spend all the money in your pocket. You have no relationship currency, and the next time you do something knuckleheaded, they are going to be breaking up with you.
0: <laughs> give, give, ask, ask, and your asks don't necessarily need to be money.
2: Right, uh, right. Like, uh, come join my Facebook group. Like my right. Facebook page. Follow right. me on Instagram. Tweet this. Um, yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, give but, me. A,
0: but if, if oh, by the way, if you're not too busy. I would yes. like, love to ask you to give me a review on my podcast. Here's how
2: Yes. Do it.
1: Yes.
2: That's a perfect example of a great ask. Right. Where they can do something for you in return. So I, my community, I've been in doing this for 17 years. Some people have been on my mailing list since I started it in 2004. So they have been, um, they, they, They may have spent some money with me at some point and not really need anything from me for years because they're established, but they can leave me a podcast review. They can share an article. They can give back and they want to.
0: And they're on your team. They're still on your team. Yes. Yes. (laughs) They're in the, they're in the club. They're in the community as they say. Right.
2: So if you've ever bought into the idea that you have to give and give and give for months and months before you can ever ask for anything in return, we've just debunked that.
0: And I think it's also important for all of us like uh, suffering poor people or people who are afraid to ask, you know, I think it's a Midwestern thing to mm-hmm. like say, have this this mantra in our head of, oh, I don't want to bother people. Or, yeah. Oh, I don't want to be a bother. Rude to ask. It's rude yeah. to ask, right. But we all do, you know. Yep. And I think it's important to know that when you're in a community, you are actually thinking about ways that you're looking for ways to help out. You, yes. you want to help out. You want to contribute because that makes you feel part of the community. And it doesn't have to be money. It, yep. It's probably... You know, mostly not money. it's little things yep. just to be um, yeah sort of like give that give and take. So that's that's kind of nice. I like that. Yeah, I've heard this before, but this is the first time that I think the light bulb went off for me. So that was a really good storytelling moment for me. Well done. <laughs> I, you know you, you hear like fo- folks like uh, Tim Ferris say, um, when I have a big ask, I, I, I make sure there's like a give, give in front of it. And I mm-hmm. never really got that. I was like, but he always does it. I mean like yep. every show, every blog, every blog post, everything he does is like, you know, 90%. There's a huge give, right? Mm-hmm. He has a blog, uh, blog posts are epically long. right? Yep. So it's like a bunch of give and then ask, ask. It's like, yeah. Yep. Oh, by the way, uh, reviews are always awesome. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> and it's so simple really. And then like, if it's a bigger ask, then make sure you've got like a lot of, you know, you kind of like set up, how do you set up your, your big
2: she, asks? Yeah. Well, I, so I offer digital products mm-hmm. and coaching programs right. and I run challenges a couple of times a year and especially when I'm getting ready to run my stretch yourself challenge, I'm going to do a sequence of promotions right? that that are pretty, you know, ask, 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 ask. <laughs> so, right, right. so I make sure I have a full load of change in my pocket. Okay. Don't, right, don't, right. don't be running on empty with a nickel or a dime in your pocket and expect that, your community can withstand a launch. Right. You know, when people say, Oh, I hate launches. They had, they they're you trying didn't to run have them on an empty currency.
0: pocket. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Right. That's, that's it, really good.
1: I just learned but, a lot.
2: <laughs> it's rude. It is. We're, we're told as children, it's rude to ask. And yet you could ask your Nana, anything. I'm proof. My three-year-old. Granddaughter could come in here and ask just about anything and I would be a joyful yes. It is not, <laughs> it is not rude for her to ask, but it is because we have a delightful relationship. Right. It, it can be that way with, with your community. If you develop a warm relationship and maintain great relationship currency, when you ask, they will be delighted.
0: They will be happy. Yes. It'll feel natural and fun and they'll be looking for ways, more ways than, than you can offer probably. Yeah. I've been yeah. in a community like that. Uh, there's this author who started out as a podcaster, uh, his name's Scott Sigler. And, um, I was there when he was basically, he was authoring books for years and years and years and not getting any sort of traction or deals. And then podcasting came along. He started giving away all of his novels for free as podcasts.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: I know. So lots of giving. So every time he asked, I mean, I was totally in on, okay, whatever I can do to help the other junkies, you know, (laughs) (laughs) because I'm in this, I'm having fun and, you know, I want to be part of the, the party. You know, that's the way I, I was looking at it. And I still buy all of his books. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So uh, before we wrap up, let's get into this bright, shiny object syndrome. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm i kind of have an idea where you're going with this, but please.
2: So it's bright, shiny object syndrome is not a bad thing. People, people say, oh, I've got this problem with bright, shiny object syndrome. Squirrel! Yeah. Well, here's the thing we are genetically designed to notice new things right it keeps us alive right so so celebrate that and as an entrepreneur we need to notice new things we need to evaluate new things so always right my secret is to have a budget just like i have a budget for business expenses okay i have i have a budget for bright shiny things I love it. So, up to fifteen percent of my work week can be spent uh, trailing through uh, some social media rabbit trail. Right. Reading, reading somebody's sales page. Um, you know, checking out a new podcast, exploring some new software. But when when I hit that fifteen percent time limit. Boom. Done.
1: Right. Okay. You know,
2: and that way it doesn't overpower me and suck my life away, Right. you know, cause it could, oh, there's yeah. always something new.
0: There's, there's, there's an infinite amount of, uh, uh, internet rabbit holes that we can all yeah. waste our lives down. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be a terrible mistake for anyone to say, that's it. No more new things. I'm going to ignore new things.
1: Right. That would be all, you know, right. Then,
2: then if that had been my attitude in 2003, when my friend said, maybe you should start an internet radio show,
0: I would have like, said, no, no nope. No, I'm, no, I'm no, done
2: with new stuff. I'm yeah. <laughs> not that, curious that anymore.
0: Been. Everything's cool. I'm good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That'd be crazy. So yeah. Set a budget.
0: I love it. It's perfect. And,
2: and know what it is. No, like I know 15% and, um, my weeks are my, my work schedules change from week to week, so that fifteen percent availability is different in different seasons. Yeah, but I.
1: Well, you let I yourself know.
2: bank it
0: too. No. No. <laughs> it's probably a good thing.
2: <laughs> no, no bright shiny diet. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Well, hey, uh, Kelly. uh, Kelly Makazi, This has been awesome. You are at uh, lovepeoplemakemoney.com. So, uh, talk a little bit about how people can best get in touch with Kelly.
2: Ooh, well, come on over. Um, lovepeoplemakemoney.com. That's where you can find the podcast, the blog posts. Um, you can reach out to me there. I have a free community. There's a link on the website that you can join and come hang out with other people who want to publish content they're proud of for people they love.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) And use all your tricks. I love it. I mean, not tricks, but things you've learned, strategies. Yes. Something like the give, give, take, take. I love that. (laughs) Thank you so much. This has been uh, a lot of fun, and uh, I hope the weather gets better soon in Michigan
2: for you. Uh, Me too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Spring will spring. Spring will spring soon. Sooner rather than later, I hope.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, my parents are still complaining about the piles of snow. So I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-double dot com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.